2: Welcome in, Rob Black, and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the things that fascinates me is how, I was guess what you would refer to as financial knowledge, financial information. And there's a lot of it out there that you need to know. And I don't know when we start learning it, because I, I spoke at a college... I could tell you that it's not learned immediately. It's not learned in high school. It's not learned in college. So I guess a lot of it starts to, to dawn on you as you get through those working years and you start hearing coworkers talk about things. There's a lot of basics that you need to know, and it, it, it would be very helpful if we had a guide to uh, show us the way, so to speak. I think uh, from talking to college kids, I was surprised by their lack of knowledge. And that's, that's a good thing. That's actually a really good thing because it, it makes me stop and think, like, uh, know your audience, so to speak. Know that you work from age 20 to 65 is what I would tell a college graduate today. That's what I told a college graduate yesterday. And know that when you're at 65 years old and you retire, that you're going to run into situations of needing money, that money's no longer coming in. You live off your savings from age 65 on and Social Security will be just enough to kind of handle your uh, medical costs. If that, you need $1 million by the time you retire to get $40,000 a year to live on. So work with that for just a second. So you work from age 20 to 65, and that's it. So if you're 30 and you haven't saved, you've thrown away 10 years of your working life. You need $1 million by the time you retire to get you $40,000 a year of income? What's your budget right now? Are you at $40,000 a year? If not, you need more. Because you're gonna live probably till 85, 86, 87. So what's, how, how do you get people started on knowledge? And you kinda like, you gotta keep it simple, stupid, right off the bat, I mean, you have to. Um, you gotta set some priorities. And I think your 20s are your throwaway years. And I'm okay if you were to say, Rob, I'm going to say very, very little in my 20s. I'm going to experience some of the world. Because when you get to college, the first thing you do, you kind of experience the world without mom and dad. And when you're done with college, suddenly you're experiencing the world without you know, professors and schedules. So to me, the first step is often the hardest. It's achieving your financial goals, deciding what to pursue. So paying off debt. A lot of kids come out of college college debt saving for retirement investing um, you got to figure out what your priorities are some of your priorities might be retirement you want to fund a retirement you want to fund form enough money for a house you want to fund enough money for a kid how much does a kid cost how much kid would kid cost a kid if a kid costs no um two hundred fifty thousand dollars right now if you have from age zero to start, uh, uh seventeen. That's roughly, but you'll find that like you know ski lessons and things along those lines might kick that number up a little bit higher. Um, you got to know full well what your plans and goals are, and it's it's really non-negotiable not knowing. You have to be able to write down your five goals, your priorities. Um, again, a house, let's say that's Bay Area, that's probably going to cost you about a million dollars, uh, six hundred thousand to a million dollars. Um, you have to write down retirement. You need a million dollars. So just those two things right there are going to cost you two million dollars, right? A house in the Bay Area plus retirement. But you're not going to retire in the Bay Area on $40,000 a year. So you're going to have to up that number up to two million or three million to get you to that budget of $120,000 a year in income and retirement. So you can already see I just spent four million dollars of yours. So and how much do you earn? Let's say make $100,000 a year for 40 years, $4 million. But you have to pay for rent. You have to pay taxes. So that's where it starts to become very, very tricky. So you get your goals. Let's just say it's a $1 million for a house and a $1 million for um, retirement. And you got to make a budget on it. How much are you going to need to save in order to get to where you need to get to? So million dollars is in your 20s 167 bucks a month saved in investing so a good way to get control of your budget is to go to mint.com m i n t.com and see what you're spending money on um, it's budgeting software you have to put in your bank account and a couple other things and that may freak you out i get it, um, it doesn't freak me out because i have to live life um I think it's important that you have a bank. That's what something I would tell uh a college kid today. Uh banks are, you know, part of your credit history. Banks show, you know, some sort of stability. How long have you had money in the bank? Have you ever had to like empty the bank account? Um so it starts your credit report right there. So I think having a bank is a great thing. You could use if you want um a credit union. So if your mom was a teacher or something along those lines, my dad was in the military, so I could use uh USAA, uh, but also I could use Pentagon Federal Credit Union, which I've had for, I've had that account for 40 plus years. My parents opened it for me when I was born. You want to learn, next lesson is some of the basics of investing. Money doubles every 7.2 years. Historically, the stocks are going to get you somewhere between 7-10%. Um, bonds are going to get you... Six percent, and real estate's gonna get you five percent. Now, California real estate's been a little bit different, but when California real estate charges ahead, don't you think that there could be a a lull coming down the road? Um, I have a friend who makes three hundred plus thousand dollars, and he's leaving the Bay Area because it's too expensive for him, and he thinks it's rat race. And I I totally agree with him. Um, So, for someone to buy his house, it's gonna take a salary of Easily five hundred thousand dollars. He's got almost a two million dollar home. Um, how many people have that kind of salaries? I, I, I think that's worthy of note. Stop and breathing and go. And how many people make that kind of money? Who are these people who make that kind of money? So money doubles every seven point two years. Uh, inflation is the boogeyman. You can't keep your money in the bank because if you have hundred thousand dollars sitting around, it's worth less money every single year because inflation is out there eroding the value of the dollar. Inflation means stuff that you pay for. Um, groceries. They're more expensive every single year. And it's kind of funny because you, you'll go through years where you don't buy a lot of groceries, where you're kind of like just getting just the minimum. And then there's some years where you're like, oh, I'm going to go fat this year. I'm going to get some new mustard. I'm going to get some new it's a hot sauce. And you look at your bag and it's like four bags or $180. bucks. you are like, whoa. So the best way to invest and try to go for that 10% return is through your 401k, uh, your 403b, your 457. Because a dollar right now, when you earn a dollar, uh, 10% of that goes to state income. 10% of it goes to state, state sales tax, roughly. Uh, 25% goes to the government. It's right there. That's 25, 35, 45% of your money has gone. So you only have 55 cents left of it. Part of it goes to Social Security. So wow, now you've spent almost half of it. Um, and then you get into, you know, other things, property taxes. I mean, the taxes are crazy. It's, it almost makes you want to go buy some tea and throw it in the harbor. So you have to get, in your 401k, some large cap exposure, some mid-cap exposure, some small cap exposure, all in two varieties, growth and value, and some international exposure, and some sort of income exposure. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Twitter Rob Black Show, we're talking about what we would tell a college kid. Because they really don't have a, a huge knowledge base on finances. Where I reach
1: black online at robblack.com now back to rob black and your money
2: on am 1220 kdow because it's a bittersweet symphony this life try to make your ends meet you're a slave to money then you die i'll take you down the only road i've ever been down you know the one that takes you to the places where all the veins meet so this was an interesting song because the British rock band uh, sampled the Rolling Stones in it. And they basically sued the Stones Dead. They wanted their, their cut. They wanted a piece of the action. Lead singer so bitter about it. So bitter that he refuses to play the song live now. I get it. So, I'm trying to talk to college kids, because I just talked to college kids, and I was a little bit surprised by how little people know. And again, that's just, it's almost being cocky, right? You've know, working on cars your whole life, and you're going to start you know throwing out jargon that no one understands. There's a couple points in time where they were looking at me like, w- I had a monkey on my head. We all like monkeys. Who doesn't like monkeys? But monkeys on your head? Whoa, not a good idea. So one of the things that I, I pointed out was, you know, you've got to invest because investing will help you beat inflation. And inflation's the boogeyman. Inflation's the bad guy. Uh, inflation eats away the value of your dollar. And investing in work sponsor, workplace-sponsored vehicles like a 401k, 403b, 457 is the great way to do it because you're not paying federal income tax on it right now. There's been some talks that maybe they take that away down the road. Boo. I think we should encourage people to save as much as they can, but uh, you still pay state tax and you still pay some, you know, some taxes before your dollar goes in your 401k. But it's 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 not a tax dollar, so it's a less tax dollar. So it's a more powerful dollar than the dollar that's in your pocket. So you want to own some large, some mid, some small. You want to own some growth and value of both of those. Small cap companies that don't have exposure to Europe. And when Brexit happens or terrorist happens in Europe, it doesn't have as much of effect because they're small-cap U.S. companies, usually. You could buy small-cap international companies, but you get the idea. So asset allocation is super important. It's the single most important thing an investor can do. You buy some stocks, you buy some bonds, you buy some real estate. You try to buy some things that may not correlate with each other. Real estate investment trust is a great way of buying real estate. Uh, one of the kids came up to me last night and goes, my mom wants me to buy, my mom's going to buy me a house in Modesto just in case I ever need it. I'm like, Modesto? Isn't that where like cockroaches and mosquitoes live? Ah! Exactly. Ugh! Um, and I'm not against Modesto in any way, shape, or form. It's just, um, you kind of want to buy where jobs are. And there's nothing wrong with living in Modesto. There's a great prison you can work at. Great, great prison. Or if you're a woman, you could walk by and get the ego boost out of your mind. Um, so I like real estate. I own some real estate, but for instance, I own some real estate in Raleigh, North Carolina. And back in my twenties, I was like, that's a great idea. It's a college town. Um, and it's done okay, but it hasn't appreciated it at any great length. And it's tied up some money of mine. Uh, in the end, it's, it's okay. I've done much better in the stock market. So I own some stocks and I own some real estate. I also own a, a business, a, a condo, a townhouse right by a courthouse. I figure there's always going to be an attorney who wants to set up his offices right next to a courthouse so he can just charge you for an email. <laughs> and off to court I go. So asset allocation, super important. Pushing forward on the, the list of things that I would want to know if I was in a college. I was a college kid is um, invest in individual stocks or mutual funds way too many listeners want to buy individual stocks and if you don't listen to conference calls don't do it if you don't have access to some quality research like standard and Poor's, don't do it so if you have an account at td ameritrade you've got access to standard and Uh fidelity vanguard uh, t-row price any company that you have an account with they probably have set up some sort of you-can-go-look-up information yourself because they don't want to do it. One of the things that stockbrokers used to do was give you a tear sheet. I know you're saying stockbrokers. That's like a telephone booth. Those don't exist anymore. They really don't um, on a lot of levels. But what it used to be, you'd call up your broker and you say, Mike, Mike at here and Smith, aren't you hearing Hey, Mike, um, I, think I heard about this company called um, Apple. What can you tell me about? It? Oh, we don't like that. Uh, we don't like that. He's, he has to say that because his bosses say, "Here's the 25 stocks that we like. So and if you go, if you buy any of those other than the 25, uh, you're going off the reservation, Tonto. And uh, we may not stand by you. So oh, I don't like that. But Mike, um, can you can you send me a report? He's like, okay, I'll send you a report, tear sheet. But this is your idea, not my idea. So and you get a little tear sheet, though, like you know. It's Apple. It's mixed computer hardware. It's got software. It's got services. Um, founded by a guy named Steve. And it gives you all the basic information. Some of it fundamental. Like last year, they made $12 billion of cash in one quarter. And you're like, okay, that gives you the price to sales ratio, the price to earnings ratio, the, the enterprise value. It gives you a lot of, a lot of good information. So, I don't think you have the ability to follow stocks. I just don't. Um, it it takes my life. Um, I sleep less than four hours a night, and all I'm constantly doing is working on stocks. It's probably why uh, I'm not the greatest person in the world to be with, because I'm usually grumpy and tired, angry, volatile, on medication. Hmm. You're insane. I don't like myself all of a sudden. So anyway, um, so I'd rather you go with index funds or me, uh, mutual funds, ETFs, whatever. I want you to keep the cost down. This is a golden age of investing where you can actually invest for free. You can use an app and invest for free. And I, I think that's the way to go because there's two things that, that hurt you. Starting late, because money doubles every 7.2 years. So if, if you get to $500,000 and if you had started 7.2 years earlier, you would have got to a million. And if you started 5.2 years before that, you would have got to $2 million. Wow, right? Are you with me or against me? Pick a side because this is a civil war. Um, General Rob <laughs> General Rob versus General Mike. Um, so a good index fund like a Russell 3000, a Wilshire 5000. If you want to go large cap growth, you'd go S&P 500. Um, probably in your 401k, there's something like um, a Rogers small cap fund. And guess what? That'll cover your small caps. Uh, it'd be wise for you to look at the ten-year history, and it should be somewhere around seven or eight percent. And if it's not, you need to go. What's wrong with this fund? Maybe I should look for a different one. Investing in bonds for the college kids. What I said: don't do it. You're too young. You're too beautiful. You should hear some of the information I gave. I told a twenty-year-old girl, and this is borderline uh, sexist. I was like, "You're twenty years old. You know, start a four hundred one k, save three or four percent. That's fine." God, and and see the world, meet boys, travel, do it in your 20s because in your 30s you're going to get married and have kids and no more time to play.
1: Online at RobBlack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: I'm Rob Black talking Money Investment and More. Thanks for listening to the show. I was at a college last night giving a speech, and it was great because the kids were pretty darn smart. But when it comes to money, they had no clue. I'm sure some of them did. I'm sure I bored some of them. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So um, I got a lot of questions. Uh, one of them came in form of a email after the fact, and that's one thing that I'll always do. It's, I'll always say, you can reach out to me with questions. Now, the thing I can't do is individual stock questions. And guess what? Today I'll get questions on individual stocks. Um, I There's too much that I don't know about you, but in this case, a young woman asked the question, she goes, um, I'm a subcontractor. I, I, I'm i an independent contractor and I work for someone who pays me with a check. Do I have to pay taxes? If it's a personal check, probably not. But if it's a business check, maybe. It depends on if they're going to turn over to the IRS, the fact that they, you know, 109090 and, and threw you in as a contractor. EW2 or not? What's the paperwork look like? So I didn't have a good answer because like, she didn't give me enough information. But I enjoyed it the, the, enormously. There was one annoying kid. And he goes, what do you think about cryptocurrency? And he would raise his hand. What do you think about the Russian Sinai politics? And he would raise his hand. What do you think about... And I'm like, okay, dude, share the questions with other people. Share the questions with other people. But he was adamant that I talk about Cryptocurrency. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm here to talk about basics. And I think you're starting to get in, a, in over your head, little, little man. Um, but like I said, there was one young woman who's pretty woman and she raises her hands and she's like, you know, she's a little stressed out about money and saving and how much she's going to do and like, you know, how to, how to have time for it. And I was like, enjoy your twenties because trust me, that's the period of time that you're not married and you don't have kids. And I don't know if you're reading between the lines about enjoying your twenties, but go out. Learn how to date. Don't fall in love. Wait till you're 35 to marry. That's such good financial advice for people. Um, and I know it's just, or learn how to date. And when you find your true love, you find your true love. Um, many, 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 many first marriages into divorce. So I kind of gave her advice of like live a little bit because later on when you have a kid and your body starts to change, and you get frustrated by that, and you're not saving enough, and your husband you know, stops at the bar every night at home on the way home because you know, he's not having uh, happy times with you, and you pay too much attention to the kid and not enough to him, and you used to cook, compliment, chaotic, you know wonderful gourmet meals, you no longer do. Life can be a kind of tough. It can get kind of tough. So uh, <laughs> it's not that bad. Here's the kicker though. In your twenties, watch what you're spending money on. Cause in my twenties, I was spending money on love. So I didn't, I didn't have to cause <laughs> there was a girl named Judy who I dated who was wonderful. And when it came time to break up, I, I asked like, what did I do wrong? Um, and she tried, you know, she, we gave it one last trip kind of thing. It was, it was, we did too many trips. We went to New York to see shows. We went to Miami to see concerts. We stayed in nice hotels and what she really wanted to do. And she told me this was, I just wanted to sit on the couch, sketch you any corn chips. I'm like, whoa! I didn't have to spend all that money. I didn't have to spend all that effort. I didn't have to rush. I didn't have like, so that's a really good lesson for someone in college. Take your time, but you don't have to go expensive with it. I've got a friend who just got married. She fell in love with a guy. She's 34, 35. She fell in love with a guy. And, uh, she basically left a fiancé right before that. And she her biological clock was ticking, right, is what it comes down to. She wanted to have a kid. And, you know, at one point in time, they're flying off to New York to, you know, do a lot of restaurants and, and a lot of raves. And then they're doing the white party at, on New Year's Eve, which I, I don't know what a white party is, but apparently you wear white. Um, and there's a thing, like, you take pictures of yourself wearing white and other people wearing white. And you try to get really clever about how white you can look. Um, and trust me, I'm pretty white. So I'm the guy at the beach who has, like, uh, a big sombrero on, <laughs> not for festive reasons, but to protect my skin. Um, I've got the swim shirt on, not because um, I'm a professional surfer and, you know, my body's going to get scraped up by the sand in the board. It's because I'm white and pasty.
1: I'm dead, Zachary.
2: If you ever see uh, the Pillsbury Doughboy, I might be a brother of his. So, uh, puffy and white. Oh, stop Um, so when you're in your, when you're in your twenties and you're coming out of college, you don't have to buy bonds. Bonds are meant to be safety. They're lending money to the government. You're lending money to um, a county. So like Stockton, you're lending the money so they can build like prisons. In Palo Alto, you're lending the money so they can build uh, schools and libraries. And they go, well, for lending us a hundred dollars, we're going to give you $3 back. But no, no, we'll give you $3 a year. And in 10 years, we'll give you all $100 back kind of an IOU. Um, You give them money, they owe you money and they kind of write you a note called a bond. So when you invest in stocks, if you invest in 10 shares of Amazon, you own 10%, not 10%, but you own 10 shares of Amazon, you're an owner. When you own, you know, a million dollars of Apple, you can go into the Apple store and start firing people. They're going to probably call security on you and you're probably going to be dragged away. But in theory, you're an owner. You have a right to go to the owner's meeting. You have a right to go to the shareholder's meeting. So that's the difference between bonds and stocks. Um, buying a home, this was like, I'm talking to college kids. I'm like, I, 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 how do you tell, give them advice to buy a home? And what it is, it's, you know, if you're going to want to buy, you're going to probably want to save 20% down for a town payment. That may take five to 10 years, especially when they're like, screw you, Rob, I've got student loans to pay down. So what 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 do you do? Because, again, 10% of your money in California already goes to sales tax. 10% goes to state income tax. 25% goes to the federal government. So right there, it's like, and you want me to save 15% on top of that? So we're at over 50% at that point in time. Oh, and I want you to save some money for a down payment. Oh, and you're not going to eat for six months. Um, give up on the idea of a gym. Give up on the idea of vacations because you're saving for a house, which is, I recently heard uh, an Australian millennial, he goes, mom, 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 pop had to work hard for the house. And these millennials just think they deserve it. I know you're saying, that's the worst Australian accent I ever heard. Thank you. Thank you. I will accept this Academy Award, and the people that I want to thank are all the little people. Um, you mean people that worked on your films with you? No, 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 the little people, the dwarves, the midgets, the people who are, are, are under four feet tall. I want to thank all of them.
1: Phase one, collect underpants. Phase two, phase three, profit.
2: I love the underwear gnomes. The underwear gnomes are some of my best friends. They come and steal your underwear in the middle of the night. And they've got a business model. And the business model is, it's fantastic. You should be able to write down your business model, in my opinion. Um, So phase one is is, is steal underwear? Is that what it was? Phase one, collect underpants. Phase Phase two? two? Mm. Phase three, profit. Phase three is profit. So that's what you do. You collect the underpants and then phase three is profit. So phase one, but see, you're missing phase two. got to figure that one out. Um, so buying a home is really difficult to give advice. I know you're saying, how did you go from buying a home to underwear homes back to buying a home? I don't know. Um, I feel like I might have thought I was taking a vitamin, and it might have been a Xanax or two. I don't know how any of this works. So what do you tell a kid? What you do is you go, don't own a home in your 20s. But start saving up in a bucket of money called, one day I want to own a home. And it can be an account at Smith Barney. It can be an account at TD Ameritrade. It can be an account at Vanguard. But you got to start sending $5, 10 $15, $20 to that, that future, I'm going to own a home one day. And it's okay. Um, you know, one of my really good friends, uh, um, one of the people I talk to, she's always lived like in a group home. So she's never had a home by herself, and she's saved thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars because of that. It's it's pretty spectacular, and she now has you know two hundred fifty thousand dollars saved for retirement, where most people her age have fifty thousand or less. But she's made a decision like you know I, I have to cut down on my housing. She doesn't own a house, but she certainly has enough money to put down on a house now if she wants to. Um, and again, it may not be in your dream city of. Palo Alto, your dream city of San Francisco, the city by the bay, the city with cable cars, the city with Alcatraz, uh, the city that you know, homeless people pull down their pants and crap on the sidewalk, the city where there's a lot of junkies, homeless junkies, where they throw their goods in bushes and you've got to watch out where you step because if you step in a bush with a needle, you're off to the hospital. But it is a lovely romantic city, minus that. It's also a mean city. Every couple of years, there's someone who kills dogs, like poisons them, leaves little poison treats out for dogs to eat at parks. That's just mean. So it's like that scene in Anchorman where, uh where, is it Jack White, Jack Black? He kicks uh, Ron Burgundy's dog over the bridge, picks up and punts it. It's pretty funny visually, but it's pretty mean from a writer's standpoint. So your first show may be in like um Portland. And that may, or in Raleigh, for instance, you can get a home in Raleigh for 150, dollars $160,000. And you can get a renter in there and you can start getting the rent going for you. Um, but that's tough. Now I'm telling you to buy out of state. Not the easiest thing to pull off. Cause then you have to get a management company and it's tougher to get the cash flow going. But sometimes you, you you're gonna have to be different as a college kid coming out of college. You can't be your mom and dad. It's not that world anymore. Little Dave Grohl and Food Potter taking us a break. It's six after the hour. Tick tock, diggity duck. Ah!
1: I'm in a glass case of
2: emotion! I always wanted to be a DJ. It'll never happen. I'm in a glass case of emotion!
1: Online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
2: KDOW. So I talked that of at college, and I was surprised by some, that I could speak like fluent French, and they didn't know a word of French. Well, they knew a couple words, but if it, it, it was that kind of shocking to me. And I think it's great, and that's why I did it, because you try to give life lessons, you try to pass it forward, so to speak, of how to help people. Um I truly have a daddy issue and one of the things I want in the world to do is to help people, to please people, because I was never able to do that for my father. So I'm going through some things and like trying to give you some lessons here. Um Renting's okay. And I you know, I know a person who's, you know, always rented rooms and she's never had a place to herself. Um I guess at one point in time she was living with a boyfriend kind of thing. Um and that's fine. That's a way of keeping costs down. And it's kind of a new reality that, you know, when I was growing up and, you know, 21 and on my own, it was like, ooh, I'm going to go to Circle Towers and get an apartment. And, I, you know, find a couple friends and he gets room and I get a room and we get an apartment together. And then you get your first girlfriend. You're like, let's get a place together. And it's a lot of money. So it's one of the biggest costs you're going to have in your life is housing. Um... So paying out college loans was probably the number one question that they had for me. And it's funny because I typically, when I'm in this chair, I'll say, here's how you save for college. But when you're talking to college kids, it's how do you pay off student loans? And I think you tr- you know, come up with a three- to five-year plan. If it's $20,000, you divide it by 36 months. You treat it like a mortgage payment. And, uh, again, I know someone who came out of college with college debt, and what she did was her job basically covered her living expenses, and then she went to a bikini bar and danced. Um, I know two people that did this. One was not a bikini bar. One was a topless bar. And that's a little bit more... It's a little more what it is. But both of them would pull in 200 to $400 night cash. Which is like pulling in 300 to $600 if you had to pay taxes on it. That's not bad. And the one friend was like, you know, I just treat it like exercise. I don't have a gym so I go in there and you know, with a bikini bar, you you shake it. And uh, she met a guy that she ended up dating for six years, while at a bikini bar. I'm like, you, rule number one: never date, never date anyone that puts money in your g-string. Never, ever, ever, ever. And uh, I don't know. That's all I'm gonna say. But that was her way of paying down her student debt. So, and she did it fast, and she quit. But what was funny was um, she was always tired, so she'd show up to work. And she's like, I was up till one o'clock last night. Ain't hey, nobody
1: got time for that.
2: Anyway, so you come up with a plan and you attack it, and maybe you deliver pizzas, maybe you drive for Uber or something along those lines. Um, and you need just to avoid traps, financial traps. Like I said, in your twenties, you're young and sexy, and your your body's wonderful. You don't need to fly to Miami to have like a, a sexy weekend. Um and if you really want to have a, like a fantasy, just go to Best Western. <laughs> you know what I think of Best Westerns? I honestly feel like I'm I'm stuck in like um well not just the ghetto, but like an urban jungle. It's kind of like an urban jungle. So I have that fantasy going and I put I put the drums in the background and stuff like that. Exactly. So that's the advice on paying off college loans. Um let's go through these real quick. Um health insurance. This sucks. Um, a lot of kids in your 20s, you think you're invincible. And you have to, right now with the Obamacare or, you know, Trump Care, whatever happens, health insurance, it's a good idea. It's a good idea because, for instance, when I was coming out of college, I went jogging one night and a bust opened my knee. I didn't have health insurance. Um, and I had to make a decision of, like, do I go into the emergency room? And when I went into the emergency room, I'm like, how much is, I didn't even go into the emergency room until, like, one of those primary care things that are open all night. I said, "How much is it going to cost to stitch up my leg?" And they're like, "We can't tell you." And see, that's the number one—that's the number one most effed-up thing about healthcare is that there's not a friggin' fragging menu of of like services. Um, and you almost feel like you—if I had good insurance, you're going to bill twice. And if I have no insurance, you might skimp and do it the right way, right? And you, and you don't say that out loud because that's rude. Um, but it's really a good idea to have health insurance. And there's a good website for young people called younginvincibles.org, younginvincibles.org, and it'll help you figure out what sort of health insurance is out there and how to get it. Um, a couple other things that I should hit, because, again, I'm trying to go over some ideas for millennials. Um, credit. A lot of questions on credit. Um, credit's good. Credit's are wonderful. Um, I've got two credit cards. Um, I get a lot of points with them. I pay it off every month. I'm able to look at my budget. I have them in my Apple phone, so if you charge... Uh, let's say you and your sugar booger um, share a credit card, and I, I try, on my te- I get a text that says you just bought two hundred dollars of Giants tickets. I'm like two hundred dollars of Giants tickets. And then there's another one that comes through that says you bought one hundred fifteen dollars of tickets. I'm like, what's going <laughs> What's going on here? Am I taking everyone in the Bay Area to a Giants game? It certainly feels that way, but yes, and baseball games aren't cheap. He hits a screaming eyeball to center field. He hits another one to center field. Oh, that ball had eyes. I don't even know what that means. Uh, so credit, you know, payment hits are super important. Here's what I said. Someone said, how do I get a credit card? go, okay, you can go to bankrate.com. I would start with a secured card and I'd call your mom and dad and say, for graduation, can you loan me a thousand dollars? and um, get a secured credit card. So they put $1,000 in the bank for you, and you use your credit card and you pay it off. You link it up to your bank account and you pay it off every month. And that one month where you make a mistake and you know spend $600 on baseball tickets and you can't pay it all back, it'll draw automatically from that $1,000. So, And that's a good way to start your credit going. Never, ever try not to have your credit ruined in your 20s. Um, Everyone I know has done that. They miss something, they mess something up, they forget a payment, they don't have stamps, they're like, oh, I'll get them tomorrow. You can do it all electronically now, so there's really no excuse. Car insurance, super important to have. Buying a car, always buy a two-year-old car, never buy new. Uh, Disability insurance, when you have a job, it's super important. You should look into supplemental disability insurance. And life insurance, you don't need it until you're married or until someone needs your income. And then go with term life. That's the best life insurance you can get. That's what I tell college kids.